Hey, landlords, are you ready to level up your rental game and simplify your life? Well, get ready to meet your new best friend, KeyCheck. KeyCheck is your all-in-one solution for stress-free property management with tenant-paid screenings, rent payment processing, online lease creation with eSign, and a suite of incredible landlord tools. You'll wonder how you ever lived without it. No more chasing down checks or sifting through piles of applications. KeyCheck helps you organize and manage all things landlording in a simple and efficient way. So if you're tired of the rental chaos and crave seamless, efficient management, head over to KeyCheck.com and sign up today. Make landlord life a breeze with KeyCheck, the game changer for modern property owners. Welcome to Landlord Diaries, where we talk about midterm rentals and the opportunities behind them. We'll share landlord stories, talk about maximizing investment potential, and discuss how to live the very best landlord life. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Furnished Finder, the place for everything midterm rentals. Remember to like and subscribe if you enjoy our content. It's your host, Kelly Bailey of The Landlord Diaries. If you are watching versus listening, then I'm sure you're wondering, where is Katie? Well, Katie's being a good mama. She had a sick kiddo that just popped up as soon as we were about to start our episode. So if for some reason you watch this episode and you decide, no, don't ever do it again. We want Katie. We want both of you in the dynamic. Then feel free to comment and leave us that recommendation. But otherwise, maybe we'll have some episodes here and there where it's just me or it's just Katie. And so we're really excited to bring this episode to you with Terry. Terry is a midterm rental enthusiast and just loves the strategy. So you're going to hear a lot of great feedback of why he prefers midterm rentals. So enjoy this episode and reminder, this episode and every episode is brought to you by Furnish Finder. We are the go-to place for midterm rentals, or I like to say 30 plus day stays with professional travelers, no short-term rental restrictions, longer stays. So, and you can list your property for just $99. Enjoy this episode. Thanks for watching. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. We really appreciate it. Today, we talk with Terry Roberts in Memphis, Tennessee. Terry would like to discuss why midterm rentals are his preferred real estate strategy and how he accomplishes bookings within hours of posting his properties. Terry averages 10-month stays and reaches an almost perfect occupancy rate with one-day flips. Terry owns six three-bedroom, two-bath single-family homes and one two-bedroom, two-bath home. Terry, thank you so much for being here with us today. How's it going? Going great. Uh, and thank you. Uh, and thank you, Furnish Finders, for having me on the podcast. I've uh, uh, really enjoyed uh, using the service and it's been uh, we'll get more into that, but it's been a great way to market and to uh, generate leads for my uh, portfolio I have here in Memphis. Amazing. Thank you so much. And yeah, we just love telling all of our landlord stories. So thanks for being here with us, Terry. I have a fun one for the first question. You, we've, we've talked a little bit previously and you mentioned that you and our CEO, Brian Payne, have a lot in common. So why don't you tell us about that? We do. And we actually worked for the same company at one point. Uh, uh, I've changed companies and spent the last 20 years uh, uh, in the medical device industry, much like your founder. And uh, uh, that's kind of how I come to know about uh, the whole travel nurse industry and how that works. Uh, and we'll get into that more. But uh, I retired about two years ago. And part of my preparation for the retirement was to try to build uh, additional revenue streams. And uh, with my rental properties, I've been able to do that. Excellent. Yes, we're very excited to dive into that in the episode. So for those of you who aren't aware, this is a great time to add in. We had a founding team. So Brian Payne is one of the founders, and he partnered with his wife, Lisa, mm -hmm as a co-founder and their brother-in-law, Aaron. So it's a family business that they just saw the need in the market for traveling medical professionals 
dove in, started providing housing on their own, and then grew to what Furnish Finder is now today. So such an impressive family and team. And uh, honestly, I've, I've, I've spent time uh, with, with our, with our management team and our, and our founders. And we just have, we just have great people. Like Brian is just so genuine. And if you've watched any of the podcasts he's on, you can, you can definitely catch that. Now, Terry, so you have seven investment properties why is the midterm rental strategy your preferred route? Okay, well, I started out like a lot of uh, 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 rental investors. You know, I, I, uh, the market in Memphis was uh, depressed, and uh, some people probably says it still is, but compared to other parts of the country. But I was able to go in and, and, and basically, I took some stock that I had that had been not performing for more than ten years. And I took a, a HELOC and I was able to go out there and pay cash for rental properties. And nice. um, uh, I started out just like everybody else, long-term rentals. And then one day I was um, actually, before I even found out about Furnish Finders, I was on Zillow and I was scanning through uh, you know, my, some of the neighborhoods where my properties were at to see if my properties were priced you know, appropriately. And I ran across a property that was priced at 3500 a month. And I thought, well, how can that be possible? And I clicked on it and it was a fully furnished home. And I thought, well, somebody's just fully, you know, just moved and fully furnished in their home. And I got to thinking about it more. And then I started doing some research. And that's when I found Furnished Finders. And I thought, you know what? This is great. I'm going to try it. And uh, that was about a little over two years ago. And I took my smallest property, and it's just, it's been an absolute gold mine. And then, uh, but what's funny about it is, you know, Furnish Finders really got their start with uh, travel nurses. And through COVID, that was a huge, big thing. It still is, depending on your market. But uh, I've only ever had one nurse. My, all my uh, uh, clients are basically uh, corporate travelers. And so, uh, I began to pivot and I've now converted two of my seven properties to um, midterm rentals. And I'm going to do more uh, as soon as they become available. Nobody's moving. Everybody's just sort of hunkered down right now. Everything's gotten really expensive. That's a good problem to have. So let's talk more a little bit about your portfolio. So six are in Memphis, one's in Mississippi, and I believe all of them are 15 years old or newer. So tell us, in their three-bedroom, two-bath homes, where a lot of our a lot of our audience wonders what's the best size for midterm rentals. And that's such a, it's such a loaded question. You can't really say there's a right size. A a lot of our audience probably chooses the one bedroom, one bath or the studios, but yeah, tell us more about your specific portfolio. Well, um, you know, we'll, we'll touch on that. I mean, you know, in that Airbnb space, people are looking to buy these, you know, big, uh, you know, mountain home with all these bedrooms, like a ton of people in there in charge of a ton of money. Uh, the, on the midterm rental space, I would think, you know, for me personally, you know, anything, you know, three bedrooms or smaller uh, works great. You know, my first property was a two bedroom, two bath. And uh, uh, it's it just worked out fantastic. And then more recently, I, I tried a, a three bedroom, two, uh, two bath, actually three bedroom, three bath home. And I currently have a uh, gentleman that's living there that's uh, a plant manager of a big defense contractor, and he's building a house uh, nearby. It's going to take about a year to get this process completed, and uh, that's who's in the property. So the three-bedroom, I've had no problem with it, um, and, I mean, they, it stays booked. And I get, I get at least one or two phone calls a week. Uh, even though people see that my properties are booked, they're still calling to inquire about them. And I've had people that would call me a year in advance for a property, uh, ready, you know, coming to the area, they saw what I have to offer and they, they want, they want to be in it. 
Excellent. I look forward to diving into some of those tips for our listeners a little later. Mm-hmm. Now, let's hone in a little more on the Memphis market, uh, since that's where a majority of your investment properties are. Uh, I believe from, from your statistics, you said 53% of the homes in Memphis are rentals. How does that affect your business? Again, a couple things. I think... Uh there's not with with that being said with a lot of people renting in Memphis there still seems to be an under supply because rents have definitely gone up uh we've had some hedge funds come in and buy a lot of rental properties in this market and they have a lot of turnover and uh every year somebody's leaving cuz they're not pleased with the service they're getting and uh with that turnover they increase the uh the rental rates so the rents have gone up um, uh, you know, you also have the whole, the Airbnb crowd, which is, you know, mostly a lot of downtown and some other areas. Uh, and I think that's actually kind of saturated. Uh, so for me, you know, when I look at the midterm space and what we have available here in Memphis, you know, while I do have competition, you know, I don't, uh, I don't feel it, you know, and I'm actually Good. meeting with somebody later today to help them get started here in Memphis. So. Um, I'm not, you know, as long as you've got a good product and you really go all out, Mm -hmm. um, booking has not been a problem at all. Awesome. And you've, you know, you, you have quite a few long-term rentals right now that you're converting to midterm rentals. And I've, I believe you've done the calculations on that profitability and why, when those long-term rentals come up available again, why you're ready to jump on the midterm rental strategy. So tell us uh, what, what you have found uh, for that profitability in your area. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Today's episode is proudly sponsored by Furnished Finder, the ultimate platform for hassle-free midterm rentals. Whether you're a seasoned landlord or just getting started, Furnished Finder is the place for you. With Furnished Finder, you can say goodbye to booking fees and hello to direct bookings for 30 day plus days. It's a win-win for everyone involved. So if you're ready to experience the joys of midterm renting and take a load off your landlord shoulders, head over to FurnishedFinder.com today. We make it easy to get started. We're grateful to Furnished Finder for sponsoring this episode and we're sure you'll love what they have in store for you. Um, for me, uh, we're getting about 60 to 70% more gross profit per, um, property. And I probably could get more. I mean, I definitely look at my market and I see people charging even more than I do. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I kind of straddle that fence. Am I charging too much? Do I not charge enough? That type of thing. And I, I find that if I'm a little under the market, uh, you know, everything just you know flies off the shelf. I mean, people, uh, I don't have any problem booking. So I don't have any vacancies. Um, the market is um, underserved. I mean, it's just uh, the minute anything comes available, uh, the phone rings and uh, I'm able to rent it. Now, uh, you know, in doing this pivot, I learned that um, it's actually less work to do midterm rental. Compared to long term or compared to short term? Compared to long term, you know, it, I'll take the same property and let's say I, I sign a lease, I put somebody in long term rental for a year. They're going to drag all their furniture in the property. They're going to hang their pictures. They're going to make it their own. Uh, the person that does a midterm rental, they come in, they bring their clothes, they hang them up in your closet, they live there for a year. Those people move out. I've made 60 to 70, 80% more money in that year. And then my turnover is one day. My, as soon as they're walking out the door, my cleaning crew's walking in. Everything is deep cleaned and taken care of. Uh, I might have to replace a sheet or a pillowcase or a pillow or just minor, minor things where if that person's come in and, um, on a long-term rental and they've hung all these pictures, let's say they were, uh, in a big hurry and instead of using the a picture hanging nail, they thought, well, this screw will work. <laughs> and then all of a sudden 
you've got all these repairs to do on the wall. You've got to roll the wall. It just takes a lot of work to get a house prepped to my level to put it back out on the market. And I, I mean, Kelly, I even took the term uh, normal wear and tear out of my leases because what some people consider normal wear and tear and what I consider normal wear and tear are two different things. So now in my long-term leases, I put, you know, you give me the property back in the same condition I gave it to you. And that protects me from somebody that's just going to come in and wreck it and then want their deposit back and that sort of thing. And in con by contrast, you know, with uh, short-term rentals, you know, the Airbnb crowd or the, or the RVRBO or whatever, uh, you have people that are coming in, they're coming in for a party, a bachelor party, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, they really toss the property and then, you know, you're, you're constantly every other day going in to have to reclean, reset, restage. And for me, you know, I retired two years ago and when I retired, I retired. <laughs> so I don't want to do all that work. So midterm right, right, right. is real, is, is right in the lane that I want to be in. It basically gives me that revenue stream, uh, without the job. Yep. Terry has said quite a few things I want to make sure and uh, come back to and recap. One is pricing. And it was a good reminder that don't just set your price and then leave it. You do want to reevaluate that price throughout the year as your seasons change because the market changes a bit. So stay competitive in your market and pricing is a great way to do that. Another thing Terry said that I totally agree with is midterm rentals allows you to touch your property more often, but not too much. So it's like you get those few seasons throughout the year to check on the property, make sure it's in good condition. You don't have a bunch of furniture being moved in and moved out. So while the long-term version, uh, well, long-term strategy, a lot of people view it as their property. They put holes in the wall and, and maybe paint the walls. Uh, you've got a longer gap in between to get the home ready for new renters. That's not the same with midterm rentals. So in, you said uh, Memphis market, uh, people talk about the 1% rule and you did some uh, square footage uh, research and it was $1.26 per square foot was the average for long-term rentals. And then it was $2.04 per square foot for midterm rentals. So how did you right. kind of come up with that? A lot of people don't know how to analyze the midterm rental pricing strategy. So did you just take it from your midterm rentals or how did you come up with, with your numbers? Yeah, I, I uh, basically, um, you know, it's not that tough. I mean, basically, by using the tools that are available in the market, one of them being furnished finders, and basically looking, uh, you know, I look to see, you know, what is uh, available, and then what's actually rented, because there's some out there that are available, and you may look, and they, you know, they're available a lot. So, to me, they may be priced themselves out of the market. But I look at what's always rented, and there's more things that can go into it than that. It could be the locations in a great spot. Maybe somebody was not in a great location, but uh, you know, it's just sort of a rule of thumb. The other thing I, I also would look on Zillow in terms of just scanning and seeing what, uh, uh, for instance, long-term rentals go for in the market, and uh, then I, I try to, uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'll create like a little spreadsheet where I'll look at. Uh, you know, is it a three bedroom, two bath, uh, you know, that sort of thing and go down the list. And then I basically divide those rents per month into the square footage. And that's just another way to look at it. And um, like I said, the long term rentals in this market were about a dollar and 26 cents a square foot. And the uh, the midterms were going for about 204 is what I get. So, um, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but uh Given you know less work, better clientele, and more money, I'll go. I'll go there all day long. I hear you. That's what I say. I'm a midterm enthusiast. I'm not going to say I'm a midterm expert. Uh, I'm a midterm enthusiast, and so we all have these experiences that we learn from and can encourage each other with. And I love that about our show. So the one thing that I you found that was really valuable was the furnished finder, like in analyzing these numbers, you used 
I don't know if y'all know, but the Furnish Finder map search, the default search is by availability because they want to put to, at the top of the list uh, the dates that around the dates that are available for what the traveler is searching. But you, when you analyze your market, take advantage of the sort feature uh, by high price and low price. And I think that's really smart when you're analyzing and figuring out, you know, what's going on in your market. Right. I, I you know, I'm, um, I don't know if they can call it trolling or what, but I basically look at what's <laughs> in the market and uh, I'm, I'm fascinated. I want to learn and see what, um, you know, uh, what the uh, the owners are like. What do they, uh, how many do they have? You know, uh, you know, uh, uh, how committed, you know, um, one of the things I've found in this market is uh, um, I had a, a, you know, some guests come and stay with me. And then a year later, they're back. They want to stay again, but the property was rented. So I, I told them, I said, Hey, I'll find you something. I'll help you. So I went out. It was a, it was a great education. I was able to go out and look at a few properties that um, I guess are my competitors. And uh, I was shocked. I mean, at the, uh, you know, it was just, I'm trying to think of the word and be respectful, but it was just a little shabby, you know, Mm, and uh, and yeah, just a little beat, just a little wet, just beat up and shabby. And uh, you know what it did? It gave me great confidence that if I could stay above that line, that um, you know uh, I'm not going to have any issue uh, uh, keeping my properties rented and keeping pricing uh, very robust and healthy. Uh huh. So when you converted your two to midterm strategy. How long did it take to recoup those initial investments, such as the furnishings, any small remodeling projects like changing out a door lock? Uh, and then, of course, the supplies like you got to stock the kitchen, the bathroom, right. make sure they have the first round of toilet paper and uh, and paper towels and things like that. So how how long would you say it takes you to recoup that initial investment to get started? So it takes me uh, three months or less to recoup the cost of converting a property. And I think, the, you know, the reason for that is I'm a very frugal a value shopper. Um, uh, you know, there are things that are for sale and things that are on sale. And I, I want to make sure that things are on sale uh, before I buy them and we negotiate things. So uh, one of the things I give an example about is uh, the appliances. You know, we go into the big box stores in our area. There's Lowe's and Home Depot. I know in other areas there's Menards and some other uh, uh, vendors, but they all have a scratch and dent pile. And um, we basically go in and buy appliances that are there. And, uh, I, you know, I've never really ever bought anything that actually had a scratch or a dent in it. Typically what happens is people will buy appliances and I don't know if it's buyer's remorse or whatever, or they don't like it or what, you know, it sounds funny or whatever, but it ends up back in the store and they can't sell it as new. And that's where, you know, I come in and uh, I will typically pay anywhere from like 25 cents to uh, 50 cents on the dollar. And my wife is the negotiator for whatever reason, people don't want to negotiate with me, but when she walks in, <laughs> They'll uh, they'll negotiate with her, and um, uh, uh, she bought a washer and dryer one time for one hundred and seventy five dollars for each unit, and they were about like you know the, they would retail new for like sixteen hundred dollars, you know, and it was like just the craziest thing. Yeah, you're making some good points here because appliances are important, and you 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 buy homes that typically are newer than 15 years old. So in general, the quality uh, and upgrades in the home that make up a majority of, you know, the built-in features are already extremely nice features. And then you just right. have to accent that with the right furniture. So I think you're onto something really, really big there. Well, we, and we really, uh, are, shop for furniture the, the you know one thing that i noticed when i went out and looked at some of my competitors it was like a yard sale you know and uh i you know i just didn't want our properties to look like that i wanted it to be so nice that i would live there you know type mm -hmm. thing but uh for instance like on dressers 
you know, every, each room has a dresser. Each dresser is, you know, anchored to the wall so it doesn't fall over on anyone. But, uh, I'll go to, um, Facebook Marketplace and find, uh, you know, I love, you know, solid wood dovetail joints. I make sure it's a really nice piece to begin with. And then, uh, I just refurbish them. I paint them. I'll, uh, 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 you know, give it some patina, make it look really nice and then turn that back into the property. And I mean, that's what I have in my own home in, in our guest rooms and rooms. I'm upstairs here in my office and, and, uh, uh, it's just a great way to save money. So by doing that, you can recoup your cost in less than three months. You know, I, I think it would be foolish, you know, to, you know, you can go out there and you spend a fortune. And I've, I've watched other podcasts and I've, I've seen other content providers talk about what they spent and I just, fall out of my chair. I'm thinking, man, it's mm-hmm. going to take you forever to recoup your cost. And, um, you know, uh, this is a business. Mm-hmm. And that's, what's great is we, we are telling everyone's individual stories. So while, while buying new is the only option for some people buying like, like new used is a great option for those that have time to, to go out and, and really ho- research those details and find the best quality items. So I love that. I'm, I'm similar to you, uh, where I like just finding, like finding items at a, at a good price that are good quality and fit the style of the home. Cause each home is different. Each home has a different feel. So while it's nice, like especially in arbitrage, if we're if you're buying into an apartment complex where every room looks the same, then yes, do bulk. Like that's a that's a great idea because then it's very easy to replace things as it breaks. But in in single family homes, each home has a different feel and may require a different style. So really good uh, conversation here, Terry. Uh, thanks for all the great tips and feedback. Let's continue going. So this one's a fun one. I've heard you say uh, in a previous conversation that you have a lot of sports professional sports travelers interested in your home. So what's drawing them to the Memphis area and what tips do you have for others that are looking to expand their tenant pool uh, in the midterm rental strategy, especially with professional sports travelers? Well, you know, again, my very first uh, attempt in the market was, you know, I thought my vertical is travel nurses and I was going to go after that and, and, and had the one travel nurse come and stay and I got a five-star review and it was all great. And as the property was turning over, uh, I get a phone call from a sports agent and uh, the sports agent was uh, asking me about the property and basically had a... Uh, uh, a player in mind that they wanted to be able to put in the property that wanted a very quiet place that they could rest and, you know, not be bothered. And, uh, uh as it turns out, I was able to put in a, uh, a first round draft pick, uh, for, uh, St. Louis Cardinals in my property. And then, uh, later on, one of his friends that was also a first round draft pick that was coming up through their system also joined him. And they were wonderful tenants and uh, they did a great job. And like I said, the next year when they were coming back, uh, they called me and they wanted to stay in again. So that kind of opened my eyes up to the fact that, you know, most major cities either have, you know, if you have a minor league ball club uh, and Memphis does uh, each year, they're trying to house those, uh, those, uh, those uh, athletes. And um, then I have my property down in Mississippi where it's in a college town and uh, same thing. I get uh, phone calls from the athletic department as they have coaching turnover or they have a new coach coming into town um, or an athletic director or whoever. That's just another avenue for a really great clientele that are going to take great care of your property and um, have the budget to, uh, to live there. Yeah, definitely. We talk a lot about, uh, relocations and digital nomads and travel nurses and insurance claims, but not too much about the, the sports travelers. So that's, that's pretty cool. Now you, as we said in the introduction, 
that you have a very low vacancy rate uh, as you secure one day flips and typically as soon as you list a property available within a couple hours, the property has been booked. That's, that's incredible. So what tips do you have on how do your mark, mar- how to market your property well, uh, for those around the country that are listening to this episode? Well, I think, you know, you know, I cut my teeth and learned in the long-term market. And I thought at that time, you know, when somebody was going to move out of the property, you know, then I would go in, take a look at things. Then I start getting on the phone to call, you know, I need my handyman guy or I'm going to paint a room or uh, my wife's cleaning or whatever. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, you look up and then you've spent a week or two and then you haven't put the property on the market. So, uh, again, uh, you know, this is not my hobby. It's a business. I got better and, uh, you know, just got more prepared. And one of the ways you, you know, when I first went into the, this business, yeah, I would just, uh, run into a property, snap 12 pictures with my phone and then throw them up on the website. They were dark. You could tell that it was a house, but, you know, but now, I mean, I go all out with professional photos virtual tours, video, uh, even um, uh, floor plans drawn up professionally. And we, we can talk about that in a second. But, uh, I mean, all of that is already ready to go. And the moment you know, I'm, I'm communicating with my, uh, my, my clients such that, you know, they know that if there's going to be a change or they're going to move out or let's say they're now month to month or they're, they're going to, you know, I just tell them, hey, if you know you're going to, you know, if you know you you know, changes come and let me know that way I can market this property. So, you know, if I have three or four weeks of notice or a month or two months or whatever, I just start marketing the product. I put it back up on Furnished Finder, put the date that it's available. And then I, literally the minute they're walking out the door, we're going in with the cleaning crew to get that property rehabbed and ready to go. I have literally had a property vacant at 11 o'clock in the morning clean by four o'clock and the next one move in by five o'clock. I mean, just boom, boom, boom. I've done it myself as well. Like don't shy away from that guys. If, if you've got a good system in place and you know, want to, want to give it a shot, uh, it's totally doable. If you, if you've got a cleaning team that you rely on and know they're going to be there at the time they say they're going to be there. Right. And I, I, the way I market it with my, my clients is I just say, Hey, let me know when, you know, if, if you know some changes coming, you're going to have, you're leaving. Let me know because, you know, uh, I'm a small operator and, you know, uh, I need to let my cleaning crew know in advance. And by letting them know, I can get on the schedule. So they, they'll be there the moment uh, change occurs. Yeah, for sure. So on average, we say a majority of stays are around 90 days, but with the insurance claims and relocations and remodels, you can get into those six month to almost a year stays a lot of times. So what type of travelers are you seeing that gives you a 10 month uh, average stay? Well, uh, again, I started out with travel nurses and had the one and they stayed out 13 weeks, just, you know, textbook meal. And they were off to their next assignment. And, uh, yeah, I guess just the way I market my properties, um, you know, uh, I've had uh, the, the sports uh, uh, folks who are there for, you know, seven, eight months during the season. Uh, and then I've had uh, healthcare professional travel, doctors, uh, uh, things like that. And they come to this market and, uh, they're just here for a year or so. I mean, it, they basically, it, you know, it's just uh, my numbers now, If depending on when you take the snapshot, if I take it from the beginning, it's 10 months. But if I take it from the last year, it's a year, you know, because mm-hmm. people are coming in. And like I said, the guy that's building his house and they're getting all that done. I mean, it, it, it'll take a year, you know. Yep. So, um, uh, you know, uh, Kelly, we can talk about this next year. And my midterm rentals are all about a year. You know, yeah. so um, it's and I wouldn't turn someone down. You know, I, I list my properties as being uh, a month or longer and I wouldn't turn down a month uh, uh, stay. Um, 
but I, I sure like those ones that are six, seven, eight months, nine months long. You know, it just. Uh, it, so, Terry, I'm going to recap some of what we've talked about, and you're just a wealth of information. We appreciate you being here. But, guys, Terry said with the midterm rental strategy, he loves the fact that it's better clients, that it's less wear and tear. He's got 55 to 70% net revenue increase over long-term rentals, and he loves that it's less uh, work than short-term rentals. So in general, Terry, where all are you marketing your properties? Um, my main one is uh, Furnish Finders, obviously. Um, uh, and what I like about Furnish Finders is that it generates leads so that I can uh, run my business and make decisions on what's best for uh, that for my business. And, and uh, you know, it's not just somebody going online booking my property and I have no uh, say in it. Uh, I also put it out there on Zillow as corporate rental, uh, fully furnished. Uh, and I do get some leads off of that, but the vast majority, the bulk of it is uh, furnished finders. Okay, great. Well, let's transition to that section that we call landlord logistics. I'm excited for some of those actual processes that Terry uses and things that he's got in place that can encourage each of you. And, you know, we all think outside the box and think differently. And there's so many episodes. I'm like, hey, that's a great idea. We've got one about keys and Dave and I have the worst bag of keys for all of our rentals. And so someone gave us a tip on if you go to a really good, uh, don't like rather than going to Home Depot or uh, Lowe's, go to a locksmith and they can engrave the like a number or a letter on your key right. and then you don't have to question which which house it belongs to it's like you have your own code that's pretty cool so let's get into landlord logistics and terry we had a previous question and i don't know if you want to answer this or not so i'll leave it up to you but uh on one of our episodes there was a comment and someone asked can we start hearing more about how utilities and mail work? So uh, are your utilities unlimited and your price covers it? Do you have a cap on your utilities? And then on the mail side, you know, do you get a lot of junk mail? Do, do your tenants actually switch their mailing address to your home? So what's that process like for you? And if it's not a great question, we can just skip it. No, that, that's a great question. Um, and it's things that are coming up. Uh, as I get further along in this uh, uh, midterm rental uh, space, uh, uh -huh. the, you know, the utility thing, you know, I tr you know, work hard to make sure that my properties are as energy efficient as they can possibly be. Uh, I have all uh, LED bulbs. I make sure that, uh, you know, my, from an insulation standpoint, everything's taken care of. Uh, if I've had to replace uh, HVAC units, I make sure I don't go back with the builder grade, but I go with the high SEER rated units. So I, I, I put the work in on the front end to make sure my utilities are low. But in saying that, uh, what I might consider comfortable, other people think is not cool enough or not warm enough. And then, you know, maybe they keep the unit on all the time and they're gone at work and not even there in the property, but every fan in the house is on and the unit's running and, uh, you know, the, the meter's running. So uh, right. I have had one situation where I had a tenant, they, they basically moved into the uh, one of my properties and they kept the HVAC unit fan on all the time, like 24 hours a day. And I just gave them a call and said, hey, you know, there's ceiling fans in every bedroom, <laughs> you know, in every room, you know. If you, you know, you like a fan, let, let's do that, you know. And they, they were very graciously complied with that and it, it stopped kind of driving me nuts. Uh, all of my units are on um, an app. So basically I can see the temperatures, where they're set, uh, are the units on, that type of thing. And, uh, you know, I've got one uh, client that work, he's he literally leaves every morning at 6 a.m. and comes in at 7 p.m. every night. So wow. uh, I said, hey, can we put that on a schedule? So when you're not there during the week, it's just, it goes down. 
no problem, you know. So uh, that's one way of handling it. But I would say this, you know, depending on my market and the climate, I might look at a cap on something like that. And that just that's just so we're both participating, uh, you know, myself and my client are participating in being uh, good stewards of everybody's money, you know, both theirs and mine. You that's know? a great way to put it. So, yeah. um uh, as far as the mail is concerned, I mean, uh, let's before we move on to the mail. So, for those that like what you're saying about the electricity, do you use a certain type of thermostat, and yes. what is that app that you use? Yeah, um, I like Honeywell. I'm kind of old school. I know there's Nest and there's all these others out there, but uh, Honeywell does a great job, and they're also a big commercial uh, provider. So uh, you know. Uh, they've got an app that uh, you can you can download that links up with their uh, their equipment, and it's just so simple. And uh, the only uh, the only difficult part about the whole thing is getting everything on your network. You know that those are the days I'm ready to pull my hair out because you know okay. I'll, I'll uh, you know at some point I end up on the phone with some 16 year old that's working remotely in IT. In some foreign country somewhere that's walking me through this so graciously because I'm, you know, I'm right. old school. But uh, once we get them up and running, they're they're great. And, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, when properties are vacant, I can go in and basically have a baseline of, uh, of uh, you know, heat or cooling going on so that things are not not just sitting there. But I'm also not spending a ton of money. And Terry made a very good point. Don't shy away from communicating right. with your guests. We are in the hospitality business, and sometimes that takes those hard conversations that don't have to come across as passive aggressive right. or awkward. Like it's just communicating, right. uh, you know, how, why it's important that the HVAC is not always running. Like if it's, let's say they set the temperature really low, well, you can educate uh, your guests on. Hey, it's actually really not beneficial for the system to go below this temperature. So, can, you know, is there, do you need some fans or just like what Terry was saying, offer solutions, but not at the cost where your, your home is experiencing issues because you don't want to have those conversations. So those are really good points, Terry. And yeah. What about the mail side? Well, the mail side, I mean, uh, with, uh, I really haven't had to do anything because, uh, you know, most of my clients, everything's done electronically, uh, email and banking, everything's done electronically. So, uh, I haven't had to do anything. So Terry, there's a couple things that I know you wanted to share and we're going to wrap up with those. So one okay. is, um, the monthly expense of the insurance side and you have shopped around and found how to navigate insurance where you're making more profit on your midterm rentals because you've saved on the insurance side. So tell us about that and what that percent of savings is. I was uh, with the same insurance company for 41 years. And uh, then uh, when I got my real properties, I basically uh, uh, added the, that company to my rental properties. And uh, you know, I never shopped it around. And then uh, uh, we had some uh, storm damage and uh, my insurance company wouldn't cover that. So I thought, you know what, uh, I'm going to shop this around. And uh, I did that with another company who gave me a great rate. But then after a year, they had a very aggressive uh, increases, uh, 12%. And uh, they basically were kind of scratching back my savings that I had uh, uh, achieved by going to them. So I went back on the market and started looking. And, and, and this was a really important thing. As I was able to find a, an insurance broker that represents more than just one company. And by doing that, they also uh, uh, manage uh, business accounts, not just individuals. And basically, I was treating my business like an individual homeowner. And by taking my entire portfolio of properties and approaching this broker that could uh, basically uh, look at my business as one, I now have one policy over all of my properties, or at least the six in Tennessee, 
are all under the same policy. I carry a $5,000 deductible because, again, my insurance is there for catastrophic events. Right. I even have earthquake insurance. You know, I mean, I'm covered, you know, if, if something really terrible happens. But if it's something small like a, a pipe leak and it's a $1,500, uh, you know, sheetrock repair and plumbing charge, which I just had one of those last month, I pay that. You know, I'm, I'm self-insured for anything under five grand. But by doing that, I was able to save about 40 percent, you know, and uh, it was really eye opening. And, uh, you know, it, it, it saves you a lot of money. So my tip there is if you have a bunch of rentals and they're all on separate policies, see if you can't put them all together and bundle that and see if you can't get some savings. Yeah. It is so funny how similar our business styles are. I think I think there's many things we do differently, but there's a lot of things you and I do the same. And Dave and I have uh, an insurance guy as well that shops around, find it, finds us the best insurance policy, uh, bundles it all together. But then we also take that and ask him to uh, about the rental insurance side as well. So not only is, is he providing the insurance for us, He's uh, in the homes that we own in our belongings. He's also able to provide the renter's insurance for our guests checking in. And it's it's like $10 a month per family or something. It's very affordable. And he, he, he navigates it in a unique way. And then it's just that extra step that we don't have to wonder, did the guest get insurance we we know because we said hey we're going to take care of you and go ahead and cover the renter's insurance for you as part of that hospitality midterm rental package and it was and it's just like an extra ten dollars per month for us and it makes it a nice seamless process for them because you're already getting the first name last name and email address during your tenant screening well the only additional thing i needed on top of that for my insurance guy is date of birth. So it made it it made it very streamlined to all offer it together in, in one place. Great yeah. idea. Thank you. I love that. Thank I'm you. I'm gonna steal that one. <laughs> yeah, especially if you already have the person, just ask him, right. hey, can we add right. this on? And there's another episode that I think is already released by the time that, that Terry's comes out. Uh, with a, a lady in Florida who she does massive research on insurance and just loves that that side of the business. And so she knows the right questions to ask to make sure you have the right insurance policy in place. So listen to that episode, episode as well. <laughs> but, okay, I have one more question for you, Terry. And you've learned a few lessons over the years through real estate, one being make your money, you make your money when you buy the house and you make your money when you pick the right tenants. And I believe you started in real estate buying distressed properties, renovating them, then renting long-term. Um, and now you've switched the midterm uh, midterm style because of the profit available compared to long-term rental rates right now. And just that, like we said, that ease of it's professional travelers, they take care of your property well. So on those two lessons learned, the you make your money when you buy your house and you make your money when you, when you pick the right tenants. What do you want to say about those two things to wrap up the episode? Well, my mentor, um, has over 300 doors and that's the lesson he taught me at the very beginning is that you make your money when you buy the property. And I see a lot of people, uh, and again, everybody's style's different. Everybody's uh, plans different, but, uh, uh, you know, I was, I'm a, I'm a value shopper and, uh, you know, right now at this moment, I mean, I'm not buying any properties because prices have really gone up at this market and interest rates are not favorable at all. So like anything else, it's a cycle. Uh, I think that'll, uh, you know, there'll be some opportunities in the near future that'll come. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be back in that market, not, not so much for myself, but for my, I've got three daughters and I'm getting my, my children involved. So uh, I'm, I'm building their portfolio because I always said, you know, 
Um, I'd love to I'd give you everything I had if I could uh, start over right at your age with everything I know right now. <laughs> so basically, I'm trying to impart some of that onto my children so that they can get an earlier start than I did. But, um, you know, look for good deals. I mean, uh, you know, shop and be diligent. No, don't just get excited. I see people get excited. And then, uh, you know, they, you know, then they end up, uh, you know, uh, paying over asking and, and getting these crazy deals going. But it works on paper. Well, I don't want to be the guy that has to stick the landing each month to make everything work. You know, right. I sleep really good at night knowing that I've got a lot of margin built into what I'm doing. I don't worry about a thing. But uh, th that's one of the biggest things that I've learned. And, uh, you know, uh, one part of the question, I'll just throw this in there. Banking is so important. Uh, you need to have your own personal banker. Find a bank, you know, if, you know, maybe one of the smaller local bank that you can go into. Is, uh, tell them what you're doing. Uh, get them to jump in the boat with you and be on board with you. Get a personal banker that can make things happen for you. I have that. It's fantastic. You know, uh, you know, I don't have to wonder or worry about anything or wonder where I'm going to begin. I mean, they have more capacity than I have guts to do it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I could, I could be out there today buying more properties and, and rolling, you know, uh, you know, so it's neat to know. It's almost like you, you, know, you got your gun loaded and it's loaded. You ready, you know, versus you're, you're, you're going hunting and you're worried that you don't have the ammo. So. That, those are my tips. Uh, get a personal banker, consolidate your insurance, be a, uh, a value shopper, treat your guests like uh, family and, uh, you know, make this a business, not a hobby. Well, we so appreciate you being here, Terry. So many great tips for our listeners. If you have a question for Terry or want to know something more uh, about his business, then as always, we put the link to his Furnish Finder page in the show notes on YouTube and on the audio version as well. And most of us as hosts don't want to lose 50% of our leads by not providing our phone number. So you'll have his phone number there. You can message him through, through Furnish Finder if you want to connect that way. So we really appreciate you, Terry. Um, any last things you'd like to say uh, for the audience to tell them goodbye? Well, just longest journey begins with the first step. Don't be afraid, you know. Uh, get yourself educated. You know, the shortest distance between poverty and wealth is the distance between your ears. Learn everything you can, get yourself a good mentor, and get in this business. Awesome. Well, thanks for watching, everyone. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe. And we'd so appreciate your five-star reviews on wherever you get your podcast. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.